Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. Uh, I have not done a film review in quite a bit, but, uh, you know, I I went to this movie with some actual expectations. Um, good theater experience. I know I saw this so late. Um, it was still in theaters, though. Uh, shout out to Lake Ranch Cinemas, nice little theater there, but it was empty. So I got to experience this movie, essentially, just with me and a couple of the friends, no one in the theater. So I always enjoy that, just being alone, being able to experience a movie, kind of like in a theater, obviously, but it's always nice when no one's in there. Obviously, there's some movies where like the crowd is needed, and you can experience the movie kind of better. Um, but this movie, as you all have probably heard or seen the advertisements and the weird marketing schemes that they're doing for this movie, or they, they did for this film, um, it's called The Creator, directed by Gareth Edwards, a guy I actually thoroughly enjoy. He hasn't had the best track record, but uh, most notable for Rogue One and the first Godzilla movie in 2014 with Aaron Taylor Johnson. Um, this kind of a common theme with his directing style, visual spectacles in every capacity. This movie is gorgeous. Potentially one of the best movies I've ever, like, seen visually, if that makes sense. Visually speaking, this may be one of the best movies I've ever seen. The CGI was damn near flawless. Um, you could talk about the visual aspects of this film for fucking hours. I promise you that. It is something to where, like, you have to... Frame by frame, if you went through this movie, like, the, the detail, the... The, the actual theme, the concepts, like, so creative. Like, this is a new story, a new, not a new, like, topic or, like, a new kind of genre. Not really original in that aspect, but some of the, like, kind of components and variables with the story and some of the characters, the weapons, the scenes, the settings, the ships, so original in its own way and creative and really cool. Um, in my personal opinion, um, like I said, this was directed by Gareth Edwards. The release date was September 29th, 2023. The box office gross in the U.S., uh, according to Rotten Tomatoes, $32.4 million. Uh, the runtime was about two, hour, 2 hours and 13 minutes, so a little bit on the longer side. Distributor, 20th Century Studios. Production company, New Regency Productions. Sound mixes, Dolby Digital and Dolby Atmos. Uh, let me give you the movie info here. So if you have not seen the trailer or this movie, you can kind of get the gist of what the storyline or plot line is kind of about. Um, from writer-slash-director Gareth Edwards of Rogue One and Godzilla comes an epic sci-fi action thriller set, almost a future, uh, set amidst a future war between the human race and the forces of artificial intelligence. Joshua... Um, Joshua... Known as also in real life John David Washington, known for recently Tenet in 2020, uh, Christopher Nolan's movie, uh, a hardened ex ex special forces agent grieving uh, the disappearance of his wife, um, is reunited to hunt down and kill the creator, the elusive architect of advanced AI who has developed a mysterious weapon with the power to end the war, and mankind itself. Joshua and his team of elite operatives journey across enemy lines into the dark heart of AI-occupied territory only to discover the world-ending weapons, uh, the world-ending weapon 
he's been instructed to destroy is an AI in form of a young child. Um, and that's obviously where things kind of shit, like, shit hits the fan. Um, and just before I get too into, I guess, my genuine opinion, not only about the storyline, some of the performances, uh, and some more breakdowns like that, according to Rotten Tomatoes, the audience score was uh, 76%, and the tomato meter gave this a 67%. Uh, me, personally, out of 10, I would give this movie a 7. I would give it a 7.5 at best. Uh, I want to watch it again, and if a movie is making me want to say that, I I gotta give it an above average grade, anything above a six. But uh, I I do g- genuinely believe, um, not only this was a visual spectacle, but this was released in such a perfect time. Like the world is going down this kind of route of AI, kind of potentially taking jobs, influencing art so many aspects of life, and it's only getting smarter and more detailed and methodical as time goes on because technology improves, honestly, every day at this point. Um, But it's a really interesting take on AI and the conflict humans are having with it, you know, maybe now mentally, psychologically, like what we're thinking about AI, what we're scared about it, like all the kind of consequences, the pros and cons of AI that go through everyone's minds when this topic and subject is brought up. But this is obviously showcasing it when, you know, things have gone downhill way too bad to really kind of even hit that reset button. Like this would never be able to happen. Uh, obviously, it's a movie, but I'm just saying like when you if you have seen the movie, like just think about it. If like we had I feel like AI wouldn't give us a second chance. You know what I'm saying? Like if that makes sense. But in this particular movie, we're following a character named Joshua who, played by John David Washington, gives a really good performance in my opinion. Um, he carried the movie with just overall, not only like when he had to be emotional, he was, but like he just very consistent. You know, really enjoyed the journey that Joshua had to go on in this particular story. Uh, Ken Montanabe is in it as well, plays Harun. Um, Kind of a minimal cast. Allison Janney's in it as Colonel Howell. But other than that, it's really... Like, there's not many people that you're gonna know, you know? Like, very... Very minimal cast. I don't know how else to say it. And there's really cool takes on the future as well in this. Not only with, like, AI, but with consciousness. There's a scene where, like, there was a human operative that died... And Colonel Howell needed to get some information from, like, the last known location type shit. So she literally revives that dude's consciousness in an AI's body for 10 seconds. And it was it was crazy. Like, I'm not trying to spoil anything too big, but that was, that was a really creative way to, like, interject and inject some, like, futuristic dystopian shit. And I fucking love that. Um, another thing is like, you can also in the, in this world, in this universe, you can donate your likeness. So like before you die, obviously you sell your voice, your looks, everything to this AI, you know, production company and they'll mass produce robots, robots that look like you even long after you're gone. So you'll see a, a cop AI unit get shot and killed. And then two minutes later, you'll see another one that looks exactly like that dude pop up. So it's it's really cool and nifty, and 
The ships, like I said, were dope. The Nomad, like what the humans have been using to hunt down AI, like um, supporters and, and humans that are building AI um, for... I guess their own benefit and just for like AI's freedom because there's a faction of humans that believe that AI should be like kind of enslaved and just as a tool in a sense and then there's a group of humans that believe that AI is a, should be able to grow and prosper but coexist with them. Um, so there's two sides to the coin but what sparked the initial war between the humans and the AI in this movie was quote-unquote, the AI nuked LA, and we later find out that it was actually a human programming error that caused that nuclear detonation in LA to cause this war. Um, and it's just, you find out all this information while you're trekking through jungle, getting fucking shot at by robot cops. There's massive tanks, and let me just say this about the, the Nomad ship for the humans. Like, there is a massive optical or reticle like, this blue holographic, like, projection that goes down on the earth, the surface of the earth, or, or the water, wherever, and it'll just rain hellfire missiles, it's so fucking, it's so fucked up, but it's actually really cool, I've never seen anything like that, but like I was saying, visually, probably one of the most creative movies I've ever seen, I can't imagine what the budget for the, the, uh, the actual CGI production was in this movie, um, probably insane, uh, I, I do want to preface that there's also more than meets the eye with this movie. The, the writing suffers here and there. Um, there's also some rough side character acting here and there because, again, the cast is not that loaded with well-known actors or actresses, so it will suffer in those moments where you shouldn't really see a guy kind of struggling to maintain face while delivering that one line. But you do get that here and there with this film because Gareth Edwards didn't have all the the actors and actresses to, to utilize like he did with Rogue One or Godzilla, you know, more historic franchises. And this was kind of his, this was his, you could tell, this was his brainchild. This was his creation. He wanted to just throw everything that he's experienced and been able to play with and film into a movie, and we get the creator. Uh, definitely his worst movie uh, when it comes to Rogue One and Godzilla. Uh, let me actually look at Gareth Edwards' um, track record in total before I say that was his worst movie. Okay, so when it comes to movies, he's made one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, okay, so his first movie, Monsters, looks like a small budget film, I'm not going to count that. Has a good rating, 74% on the tomato meter. Then Godzilla, which I love that movie in 2014. Um, Monsters, Dark Continent. So it looks like it was probably a sequel to Monsters. Um, and it just did not look like it did well by any fucking means. Um, and then Rogue One, obviously in 2016. Which made uh, over over half a billion dollars. Uh, Godzilla made over $200 million. So this guy's... You know, he's pumped out some good fucking, you know, box office bangs. Uh, and also some, not really any busts. Falling in Love, it looks like he was, okay, he just did production design in that. And he was an executive producer on Monsters Dark Continent. But the only things he's directed is Monsters, Godzilla, Rogue One, and Creator, the Creator. Um, so definitely trending in the right direction as a young director. 
Um, definitely could have got like maybe gotten some more substance out of this script, um, but it definitely hit hard in moments of like moral contemplation. Like, what do you do if there's an AI that's able to feel like human emotions and feel pain? Uh, like, what do you, what are you presented with a challenge when it comes to something like that, especially down the line, like, especially a robot child that's like able to grow. And then you later find out that like this child is the exact, like not genetic copy cause it's not an organism, but literal physical copy of his unborn child that died with his wife that disappeared and shit like you go through a whole roller coaster with Joshua and and you can only appreciate it because of just the rawness of it and just the originality of taking a a very well written background story for the main character and dropping it into a fuck fest of AI war and and just a future take on what the world could look like especially when when things are heading the way they are now but um overall yeah like i said i'll give this movie a seven out of ten honestly there's a couple like i said i pointed out some really good scenes but probably the the ending is probably what made me like this movie because like they weren't gonna drag it out try and get a sequel like this was a story this was a full rounded story it had its moments with the rough writing and some bad acting here and there. But in my opinion, I, th- I think it did everything it was trying to do as a film. It really did it. And it provoked you to think. Not only about what would you do if you're in that situation. But like, do you need to maybe step back from technology? Do you maybe need to, you know, kind of think about, you know, what you in a sense, are influenced by all the time. You know, I think that was a main topic of discussion here because they use the media as, like, a symbol a lot in this because, like, the humans were lying, the human government was lying the entire time throughout the entire war saying the AI bombed LA when it was actually a human miscalculation, a human error that created a tragedy, which... Honestly, most tragedies are human-made, and we can look back on history and, you know, go over that, you know, ourselves at some point. But uh, in terms of this story, the government blaming the AI and then legitimately enacting a war, using taxpayer dollars, raining hailfire missiles everywhere they want, is something you kind of see nowadays too. And they kind of used that symbolism in a futuristic kind of aspect with how all power was coming out of the nomad, which is the the world, the human government's, in a, or the American government's ship. And that ship, if it was taken down, the world is free. But like literally it could scan your face, move in, and just bomb like your literal area. Uh, really, really cool design from all like the actual... I guess, I guess designs for like the theme of this movie, like the ships, like I was saying, the guns, like the the whole the props, the settings, the robots, everything is its own vibe. I don't think I've seen anything kind of replicated from anything else. Definitely inspired from other things, but I feel like in terms of this movie being like original, 
I think it did that in its in, in its own respected way. Not only because the storyline is kind of wild, like you, you would expect this out of like a Jason Bourne movie, but with like real people like running through France trying to save a kid. But like this, it's like this dude has to legit ch- like save an AI form of his own child he never got to see birthed. And he has to protect this AI even though he was told this AI could end the world and send everyone back to the dark ages of no tech and it could ruin everything. But he trusts trust this AI child to grow up to be a positive and a good thing, a, a good influence on the world and kind of breaks out of the mold of just following blind orders in a world where like you kind of have to start making legitimate decisions for yourself and maybe not just for yourself, but for the fucking planet in Joshua's case. And he, he he did. You know, he made the right call because if they destroyed this, you know, AI child that is capable of growing up and growing old, you know, the benefits of that probably supersede the risk, in my opinion. You know, like, what could possibly... Obviously, they've seen the worst of it, you know... Let's get back to that way, and this is a potential pathway of doing it, is just maybe using something a little unorthodox and following, you know, and maybe even listening to an AI kid that, you know, once it able, once this AI child is able to absorb and experience and learn, it'll become obviously the smartest entity, the most powerful entity on the planet in this world, and I think Joshua knew that, and at the end of the movie, uh, they were on this... They were on the Nomad, destroying it, and Joshua doesn't get to the escape pod in time because he actually finds an AI unit with the exact likeness of his wife that disappeared and died. So he had that moral dilemma of, do I get in that escape pod? Do I rush to that escape pod to get into that that pod with that AI child to go restart the world in essence, restart this revolution? Uh, or do I take a couple more moments with my wife while this fucking ship explodes? And he took option B, and I respect that. I think we all could. And there was a there was a lot of human moments in this movie for it being incredibly, a like not botted out, but literally botted out. Like there was bots everywhere, like an iRobot type shit. Like, but it was also kind of interesting because they did like a different take on how the AI and, like, the robots looked. Um, Like I said, people could donate their likeness, and those robots and AI units looked like people, but in the back of their head, there was, like, a legitimate hole in it. And then you have the traditional AI units where they, like, are legit robots and have different purposes. But, um, no, it's a genuinely really good movie, in my opinion. If you've not seen it, definitely check it out. Um, Let's see what some of the audience reviews said. Um, according to Jenny G, uh, excellent science fiction at its best. James P said, great movie about the future of AI, but it's also a little confusing. I can kind of understand that take. It does get a little dragged out. Like I said, the movie is a little long. It's not a perfect movie by any means. The writing, a little suspect, but the pacing of the movie does get a little wonky. Like you're thrown into action here, here, and here. And then you have these slow, dull moments where, like, you're kind of supposed to appreciate the life aspect of 
not only this AI child, but like how it's being able to connect and like feel and learn along the way. And you're also like the scenery, the CGI, it's all beautiful, but all of it together is distracting um, and doesn't blend well to make that smooth kind of, if it's going to be a transition or if it's going to be a long scene, a long sequence, it just seemed, especially in the middle of the film, I noticed, it was definitely a little dragged. Just a, just a tad bit, maybe about 20 minutes. 20 minutes of shit could got cut. But, um... According to Dallas H, this music, this move, eh, excuse me, the movie is visually beautiful to watch. The cinematography on a low-budget Sony digital camera, no less, and blended very cleanly with visual effects, makes every shot interesting to watch. The story is straightforward, although it attempts to be grand with the chapter-like segment to break up the act structure. The plot of the story and its flow runs smoothly enough that I do feel like I'm watching a movie that runs for over two hours in length. I'm just disappointed in myself for waiting so long to watch the film because it was bumped back uh, to one of the smaller auditoriums at the Cineplex. The grand visual scale of the 2.761 uh, aspect ratio felt crammed to watch on the smaller screen in an undersized auditorium. That is a great fucking point. God damn it, Dallas H. If you're out there somehow, somewhere, some shape, some form, listening to this. You're a legend for pointing that out because I was in a smaller theater as well. I wonder if that actually hindered my uh, my my experience. So that's something to think about. According to Liam, I better than ninety five percent of the mainstream sludge you see today. I fucking agree with that statement. You know, it's not the best movie, guys. Like, it's not some great movie. Like, you're gonna fucking walk out of there like the Revenant with and fucking hold up an Oscar for Leo. It's not that. What this is is original. If you liked movies like Elysium, District 9, Hardcore Henry, Chappie, watch this film. You'll appreciate it. You will. I don't see why you wouldn't uh, check it out, especially if you're into kind of like those like high intense action films, but also like if you care about the journey and the adventure aspect of the mission, the goal, and like what transpires along the way like this is for you like this is a journey really do enjoy how leading up to the film at some of the nfl games they were having actual ai robots in the stands really creative definitely a good marketing ploy um to get people drawn in and interested in it but i i I think you know if you break this movie down to its kind of core components What it's relying on is, more often than not, is going to be those visuals. But the fact that it was filmed on, apparently, a low-budget Sony camera... Let me actually fact-check that. Um, Because it probably was, like, a headline for a little second. Let me just see what... Let me see... It was filmed on a Sony FX3? What? Yo, dude, you can make a, bro, anyone can make a movie. I mean, you obviously need multi-million dollar computer softwares to do the CGI they were doing in this film, but like, this movie looked really good. Take the CGI away and like the AI aspect away and like just have a guy like trying to rescue a fucking kid and he has to like break into a fucking vault and shit. It, it, it looked good. I can't, I can't lie. I can't lie at all. 
But again, I'm going to give this movie a 7 out of 10. And if you guys do like these film reviews and want more of this type of stuff back on the podcast, uh, definitely let us know. Follow us on all of our social media platforms at Tea Time Reports on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Threads, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel at Tea Time Reports. All the support is greatly appreciated. Uh, we had our best month yet in October. Uh, so many more listeners out there. So many more fans. We, what can I say? It's it's something I didn't expect to see happen because you know we, we me and Caden talked about this genuinely for years, and then to get the boys together, get a good team going, man, it's uh, it's something that you know I'm gonna look back on and probably tear up on just because of the grind, if you will. I hope you guys really appreciate this episode and enjoy it as well. Make sure you check out the creator for yourself. Definitely worth the worth the watch, in my opinion. Anything above a six, it's worth the watch. It's worth the time. Maybe have a drink. Maybe have a little Blunsky. I don't know. However you get lit. And then go watch this movie. I actually... Dude, if like... If you were on a psychedelic watching this movie... Holy fuck. We'll leave it at that. This is Trevor. Take care, everyone. This is uh, Tea Time Reports. And we're signing off. Peace.